I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. Hi, welcome to Mentally Yours, a podcast from Metro.co.uk. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. This week is a really special week. It's Mental Health Awareness Week, and to mark this, we're putting out a podcast every single day. Today, we're talking to the wonderful Gabby Dunn of Bad With Money. We're talking to Gabby because she knows all about money struggles. She's kind of had an unconventional way of making her money as a YouTuber and podcaster and actor and all kinds of things. Mm. And she's also experienced a lot of kind of impulsive spending and growing up around not great money patterns Mm. so we're going to be chatting to her about how being bad with money affects your stress and also how she kind of got out of that pattern over the next few days we'll be chatting to different people about stress and money it's mental health awareness week my name is mark roland and i'm a director at the mental health foundation we started mental health awareness week around 17 years ago now and every year it has grown And I think the reason it's growing is that culturally we're understanding that really you can't get the best out of life without understanding your mental health. And we really started it because we understood that so little was really understood compared to other areas of life about what mental health is, how it affects us, how it develops and how it can be managed better. And so we wanted to challenge some of the stigma around it, some of the myths, some of the fears. And we've had a tremendous response and it's grown every year. We'll hear more from Mark later this week. Over the past few weeks, we've spoken to a lot of people about money and stress. 
One of the interesting things for me when I was chatting to people about stress and money was actually the way that some people these days find chatting about money a lot harder than mental health. One of the things that I was chatting to the girls in the park was obviously mental health and money. And um, one of them was talking about anxiety and she was sort of saying how easy she found it to speak about that now because um, obviously that's something that a lot more people talk about. But then when we were sort of saying about money, that was something that she had found quite hard to share with her friends. So... I think you can kind of compare the stigma between mental health and money. I'm in my late 20s, so a lot of people here in their late 20s have already established themselves professionally and are on like high salaries. People I live with, for example, my peers at university, and now they're all like earning double what I'm on. And it's really difficult to be with your peers who are like going on holiday, buying loads of shit all the time, and you're still scraping by on like rent and food and like having to really apportion your fun because you can't afford to do that. And that causes a lot of stress because it's quite socially isolating. Um, you know, this is a city where you basically have to pay for most experiences. You can't sit in a cafe and do your work if you're freelance without buying a coffee. And coffee's really expensive. Like Everything's just, everything's got a price on it. So it can be incredibly stressful, especially if you're not telling people and communicating that you're in that financial position. I think that's really important to be able to say to your friends, like, look, I'm... I'm coming out, but I can't go out drinking all night. Or I'm coming out, but I'm going to pay for exactly what I have on the menu or, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's stressful, but it's less stressful if you chat to people about it. At the moment, I'm also stressed and anxious about things. I think I'm confused around the gender pay gap. So originally, like 10 years ago, I trained as an actress and I got told on average you'd earn about like seven grand a year. And I was like, okay, cool, that's my parameters, that's how much I'm going to earn, I'm going to have to wait tables in between and just scrimp and save. And I've since switched careers into something that's more stable, and now I'm going, I have no... I have no education on how much you're supposed to be paid for things or how much you're supposed to get by. So it's actually knowing your worth that I find really quite stressful and, and, and I don't know, and I'm, I've never questioned how much people get paid compared to me because I was always told I wouldn't get anything. And now I'm in a position where you can fight and expect things more and go, there should be equal pay, but like, how do I know what someone else is getting paid for? And there's so many different like parameters and expectations and levels within that that I am genuinely just baffled by the whole thing. And there's just no... I don't know, I've never been presented with like a how-to guide. I was never told at school about anything like that, and I've never been educated on anything since. So I'm sort of sat at kind of a standstill going, I don't know what to do. Give us a shout if you want to share your story about stress and money at Mentally Yours on Twitter, spelled Y-R-S, or on the Mentally Yours Facebook group. So now to the main event. Our guest today on Mentally Yours is Gabby Dunn. So my show is called Bad With Money. The first season delved into my parents and what they taught me about money and sort of other people's histories with money and the shame and stigma that comes with it. Uh, and we figured out that a lot of your money scripts, uh, how you feel about money and how you interact with money and how sad it makes you, uh, come from things we learned like when we were very, very young or things we observed, you know, our parents or our guardians doing. And so basically the whole purpose of the show for me, it started because I talk a lot about sex and sexuality. I like do a lot of work with the LGBTQ community of which I'm a part. And uh, that was, you know, seen as brave, but I felt like that was so obvious to talk about. And yeah. the thing that I was hiding and the thing that I never told any, any of my you know followers about and everything like that was 
money stuff and the problems I was having with money. I, I don't have family support. I don't, I moved out to LA and sort of was shocked to realize that like everybody kind of didn't really have jobs. <laughs> and, um, and so I was sort of like, well, how is anyone living? And, um, I struggled a lot with like, pawning stuff and hide hiding uh debt and crying a lot in my car about um just like bills that would pile up and um and unexpected bills like medical bills and and car repairs and things like that and so uh so I was like you know let me try to talk about this even though it is painful publicly and we'll see what happens uh and the response has been overwhelming in terms of people saying that the show either causes them anxiety or, <laughs> or alleviates their anxiety. <laughs> That's what you're after with any podcast. I feel like usually like serial killer stuff is causing the anxiety, mm-hmm. but this can resolve it. I think one of my favorite things that you did, especially at the beginning of your show was um, when you asked people their favorite sexual position mm-hmm. and then you asked them what's in their account. And they right. really struggled with that. Sexual Why? position, they were super happy to talk about. Yeah. Money in their bank account, they were like, how dare you? <laughs> but I think, like, it's exactly the same. Like, I would happily talk about all things sex and my right. vagina and all kinds of that kind of thing. But if you did ask me how much savings I had, I would be like, oh, not really keen to share that. Yeah. Why do you think it is such, like, a shameful topic still? Nobody likes criticism. Nobody likes being told they're doing something incorrectly. Uh, and, you know, there's little to no financial literacy education in the United States. Um, and so it really all falls on uh, parents or grandparents or like, you know, guardians, the his- history of your your family and the people around you to show you how to deal with this topic that is ubiquitous. I mean, it's all around us. It's it's touches everything that we have to do in our entire like jobs, houses, like everything. And somehow it's this invisible thing. And we're just supposed to, at some point, have learned this stuff. And for me, I'm 29, and I started the show when I was 27. And I was like, at some point, an adult will show up. Guess what? (laughs) You're you're the adult. Like you, that's you now. So I think that there's this thing where everyone assumes that everyone else already knows, and so nobody nobody talks about it because we're all ashamed. You don't want to be the first person to go. Well, I actually never learned how to fill out a check. Or I actually never learned how to negotiate my salary. Or, you know, I never learned what an IRA is. So, like, you don't want to be the first person to say that you don't know these things, but then nobody knows these things, and then nobody talks to each other about it, and it just compounds the problem. So with you being one of the kind of first people in your group to talk about that, how was that for you? Was, Was that a scary thing? Was the response good? I listen back to episodes and get embarrassed all the time about things I've said. <laughs> I can't believe I've told people half the things I've told. I can't, I don't even want to listen back to episodes because I'm like, why did I share that? You know, I think my family has had to deal with a little bit of like, why did you tell anyone that? <laughs> um, but my friends, it was, in, it's been interesting to to have friends who will finally be like, oh, I do struggle. Cause I would be like, you know, you don't have a job, you audition, you, you, or you, you know, do stuff for Instagram or you, but then I, other people had jobs that I didn't even know they had. Like someone would go, Oh, you know, I work at like a, a, a like an accounting firm as a secretary. Right. And I'd be like, I had no idea. Cause we only worked on creative projects together. So it did open doors for me to not feel as bad about myself and to not, and to realize, you know, I, I was working a little day job. Other people were working, 
uh, at restaurants that I had no idea that's what they were doing at night. Cause like nobody shares that on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like nobody's like, they're posting when they book a role, they're not posting, you know, their day job at Starbucks. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it opened this door for me to realize how curated everything is and how, uh, people, the way that they make money is not what they share usually. And then it also opened doors for friends of mine who are wealthy, who had no idea that this was what was going on with me. So that's interesting. For you on a personal level, when has money caused you the most stress or kind of how has it caused you stress? Well, I used to freelance. That's a nightmare because nobody would pays you on time when you're a freelancer. No, never. So you never feel more insignificant and shitty and, and sad as when like, this is like the 14th time you've begged for a $500 check or even a $50 check because you know, I mean, it's happened to me countlessly where I was like, I will, hello, I've been nice the first 13 times. Here's the 14th time. I will be kicked out of my home if you do not pay me. I don't know how to express this to you. And they go, okay, we're on it. And then, and then nothing. Um, and you're just like, I'm dirt. I'm nothing. I'm an ant. Like, um, and you know, there was, I did unpaid internships where the company could have definitely afforded to pay me. And I had like a really terrible experience where I was living in New York, working an unpaid internship where I could have definitely been paid. And I was like trying to work all these other jobs around my like already 40 hour week. Uh, and I just started pawning all my stuff and just like pawned everything <laughs> that I owned essentially until like I ran out of stuff to pawn. And like, it's, it shouldn't be that way. If you're working, if you're like in a full-time job, you should be able to afford to live. And that's the thing that's going on now all across the United States where there's only a few cities where a person who's working a full-time job can afford a one bedroom apartment. And that's insane. Yeah. That is not okay. Even when you have a full-time job, I would get so freaked out by unexpected stuff. Like if my car oh, broke yeah. down or I needed to have, I had an unexpected dental surgery that came up in like 2014. So like just things like that, where I was like, well, now I'm underwater. Like even when you have a, a weekly paycheck. Did that make you feel like you were failing at dealing with money? Cause I think a lot of times when you bring that up to your parents and they're not understanding why you're not prepared for an unexpected thing it's kind of the accusation of like, oh, you're just not very good at managing your money. Yeah, it wasn't even my parents. I think it was yeah. just a, a fear, a fear that because my parents have no no leg to stand on <laughs> in terms of judgment. But yeah. uh, but I, I, it was a it was like an expectation that I, I put on myself where I was like, well, why aren't you perfect at this? Like, why are you seen as this competent, successful feminist, whatever woman who like, is is somehow completely derailed by a minor medical problem. And I think you've described yourself before as like just not being great with money. Um, mm -hmm. In what way do you like what makes you bad with money? I never wanted to look into anything. I barely looked at my bank account. I would open it, look at the number, cry and then close it. Uh, <laughs> I never... Yeah, I never opened my mail because mail stressed me out. And I thought that anything that you got in the mail was bad news. So I would just throw it away. I, I would somehow always get surprised by bills. Like I never had a calendar of like when bills were due. So then I'd get the email being like, SoCal gas is due today. And I'd be like, today? Like, and they're like, yes, Gabby, that happens once a month. Like you should know this by now. I was just disorganized. And 
if I needed something and I could like, you know, if I could like go home and get it or get a new one, I would be like, Oh, I'll just get a new one. But like, that's not, no, go home. Like I was just very irresponsible and, and wanted to fix other people's problems. Like, you know, I would loan money to people or pay for dinners or whatever, yeah. like, just cause I don't want, I didn't want to anything to be a bummer, but like that's short-sighted. And do you know like how that kind of affected your own mental health and like well-being? Yeah. I mean, I was stressed out all the time. I was putting out, it's just putting out fires. It's just whack-a-mole. You're just like eliminating one thing and then another thing would pop up. And, and it also, I, I say a lot of it, it is enabling. So like, you know, I never had anything happen that I couldn't sort of handle. Like, with the credit card, with um, the medical bill stuff, I just got, I got another credit card or with, you know, it wasn't like great decisions, but it was stuff that I could like, okay, like, so I'll deplete my savings and fix my car. Or, um, so like, I was always just like 1% away from total destruction. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes I feel like if I had gotten to total destruction earlier, I would have like come, come back and been able and been like, okay, something needs to change. But because I always just skated by with this like frazzled, you know, frazzled nerves and like total, total meltdown. But because every time I was able to like scrape myself out of the problem, I would just forget about it immediately afterwards and be like, yeah, okay, well, you know, you did it again. Uh, And so nothing ever like needed to change. What was the turning point for you? I did deplete my savings to, to fix my car. And that was a really shitty situation because I had felt, wow, look at me. I've got a day job. I've got a savings. I'm, you know, this and that. And, uh, and then it all went away so fast. And I was like, oh, you were on such a high horse and now you're nothing again. And it was just sort of like how quickly you can feel like you're out of the hole and then and then how quickly one thing can just pull you back in. And would you say you're like good with money now? Are you comfortable with money no. or is it still something that scares you a bit? No, money is terrifying. I'm not good at money at all. I'm I I taxes is the scariest thing that's I mean I hate them. It's so terrible to have to like go through everything that you spend and actually see what you spend money on. I hate it. I think that I always am under the impression that taxes are trying to trick me somehow, even though I know that they're like, I know they're good for the country. I know that they're necessary, but every day I'm like, they're coming for me. Why? (laughs) Um, I, I just, I get, I get really nervous about like doing the, now it's like, you know, whatever they say, like more money, more problems. But now I'm like, okay, well, what's the right thing to do? Like, how do I, how do I do my taxes? Is it quarterly? Is it, is it, you know, yearly? And then, okay, now what do I put in retirement? Like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? I also still overspend. I, I, I overspend on, you know, just like dumb things from Amazon or books or, you know, uh, like, oh, well, my friend is leaving town. I should go out to dinner and pay for it for that. Like, I, you know, nice things, but I, I try to think about it more, but I'm still not, not great. I mean, I like talk to my therapist about money all the time because I just, I still don't, you know, I used to think if you get one lump sum, it'll change everything. 
But yeah. even if you get, even if you get that one lump sum, you still and you still are not smart about it. It doesn't help you at all. Because I like obviously this is an assumption. I'm assuming you're earning more now than you were when you first arrived in LA. Um, yeah. Has that forced you to take a different approach to money, or has that changed how you deal with money at all? Yeah, I started making more money, but somehow making more money still doesn't do it. Like now it's like a huge chunk goes to, I mean, what goes to taxes now for me is more than I made collectively in like 28 years. And now in in one year that goes to just paying taxes. So that is completely freakish. I I understand that it's a good thing. I don't want to be like, I'm a Republican, but like, it's just so the, the numbers, the sheer numbers are just so terrifying and, and, and weird. And like, doesn't make any sense to me. And I still like, if money is so foreign to you, it doesn't matter how much you have. You're still like, this is a, this might as well be like the alien language from arrival. Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and so I still like, you know, I still have to just, I, I record when I go into my accountant's office, I'll record on my phone, everything he says, Yeah, because I have to listen to it back multiple times, very slowly. And it's tough. Like a big thing about money is that you don't, you don't ever want to seem like you're, you're an idiot. You don't want to ever seem like you're so stupid. You couldn't possibly understand this. So it's, it's really embarrassing for me to be like, I listen back to this recording. I listen back to it on half speed. I listen back to it again. Like, just because I am like, I'm not, I'm not picking this up at all. Even with me, obviously in the UK, you don't have to do your own taxes unless you're freelance. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I have had to do them, I'm convinced I've done something wrong. I mm-hmm. For the next like year, I'll be sure that the tax person will come to my house and be like, you've evaded tax, mm-hmm. even though I've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think admitting like, no, other people are confused as well because this isn't stuff that we were maybe taught in school if your parents didn't teach you that kind of thing. It's even embarrassing to ask someone to repeat themselves, to be like, you have, I'm so sorry, you have to say it again. And then like, he'll say it again and then I'll go one more time. And then I always, at the end of every time I I meet with my accountant, I go, am I the worst client you have? And he goes, no, why do you ask me that every time? And I'm (laughs) like, that's a nice accountant. Oh, I go, I'm like the worst. I go, just tell me that I'm the worst client you've ever had. And he's like, that's not true. And I'm like, I know, but I just leave your, your office thinking I'm the worst client he's ever had. And like, why? Even if I am, who cares? Would you say you are less stressed now that you earn more money? No, no, not at all. No, it's, it's just in a different way. I will say definitely the life or death situations that happen when you don't have, cause I hate when people go, Oh, I have so much money and I'm still stressed out. It's like, okay, yeah. but it's true. But I, I, I think uh, truly the life or death situations that I was close to or in when I didn't have any money and there was no idea of how to get more money. Uh, don't compare to being like, you know, now being like, Oh, my, my bills. Um, but cause I think like, there's no, I, I never want to feel that again. There's no, and I live in fear of feeling it again. So, you know, 
that's for therapy later. But <laughs> like, you know, once you once you have that, you have that fear, experience it. And then you are like, okay, now how do I deal with the fear of never feeling that fear again? Everything is great. But the um, that fear of like in your whole body where you're like, I don't have any money. I yeah. don't know where where money is coming from. I I don't know how to get any money. What's the what's the list of things I could do? All of them might like none of them might work. What is the recourse to get this thing that is kind of a societal construct and invent it? Like it just fucks with you so hard. Yeah. Massively. Mm-hmm. How do you personally make sure that money stuff doesn't just completely take over your mental health and make you completely stressed out how do you deal with that it really is one of the biggest fears and it's something that is even scarier to talk about so it kind of is like just this double whammy if you say you know if you say I'm crying because of a breakup I'm sad because of a breakup I don't know if I'll find love or I'm sad you know anything else I don't know what to do about my parents aging. Like, I don't know, just like any other human problem, people are like ready to to be like, oh yeah, like all relatable. Oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But if you're sad about money, it's like this untouchable thing. And it seems to be less of a thing that people comfort each other about. Definitely. I think like a lot of it is quite, we're quite judgmental and quite cutthroat. Like we do make assumptions about, oh, this person must have been irresponsible if they don't have enough money to cover this or they're making stupid mm-hmm. decisions. And I think we're as hard on ourselves, but it's also on other people as well. People find it, you know, they, they find it to be a moral failing. And that's the big thing is like this idea, I talk about it a little bit on the show, this idea of the prosperity gospel, where if you have money, it's this false idea that if you have money, you're a good person. And you deserve it and you've earned it all on your own merit in that it says something about you morally. And if you don't have money, it also says something about you morally and you're a bad person and you're an irresponsible, stupid person and you deserve to be in the position you're in. And a lot of poor people even believe this more so than rich people because they believe in this false idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. So if they're, if they don't have money, if they're not doing it on their own, quote unquote, if they take any sort of government help, if they take any sort of welfare, if they take any kind of like, you know, idea that maybe the system is against them, then they're just playing victims. And they're just like, they're not living the American ideals and they're, they don't want your pity or whatever. But truthfully, there's a not just income inequality in the United States, but there's huge wealth inequality. So even if you are someone from a marginalized group who makes a higher income than someone from, let's say, an, a, a more mainstream group, your wealth inequality might be totally different because let's say, and a lot of people I've talked to, you know, let's say like families, white families historically have wealth from grandparents, great grandparents, et cetera. Whereas like black families weren't given the opportunity to build that wealth because of slavery. So, you know, there's like way more, way more factors at hand than just I'm good at money and I'm smart and I'm bad at money and I'm stupid. And people are nervous to talk about that and accept that because 
there's this individualism that so permeates like American culture and job culture. What do you think needs to change to make our relationship with money healthier and less completely damaging to our psyche? Just stop internalizing it. There are there are clear factors. I mean, it's not like an opinion. It's like historical and and studied fact that there are factors outside of ourselves and that are outside of our control. And it's not shameful to go to a town hall and ask for financial literacy in high schools or, you know, to there are students that are standing up and doing that now or, you know, to admit that you don't know how to do something and ask for help or to look into the actual reasons why, you know, you're having a hard time finding a job that might have to do with less with like, I am a bad person and I am incompetent and I am unhirable. And with like, there's stuff going on that are, is outside your control. Like, I think we beat ourselves up over this issue that if we all worked together and talked to each other is clearly more systemic than that. And on an individual level, if there's someone listening to this who is in a place where money is just taking over every waking moment, they mm-hmm. cannot stop stressing about it. What's some kind of immediate advice that you could give them? What can they do to help themselves mentally and then, you know, hopefully financially. I relate. And I think you should talk to other people in your community because other people are probably going through the same thing and they might have very pertinent advice for you. Don't take it on alone. You know, I see people, women, especially in like women's groups on Facebook saying, do you guys know a good accountant who won't um, make me feel like shit and rip me off? Do you know, a good cheap place to get haircuts? Do you know someone who could like help me look after my kids while I go to this job interview who won't cost me an arm and a leg? Like you can't take it on alone. And I think a good first step is like finding a community, whether it's your community around you in the world or it's your community, like if you're an LGBTQ person or if you're uh, a person of color or whatever, to just sort of find a union for your job that you you work in your field you know like you can't do it alone so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from mentally 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 yours mentally yours Thanks very much to our guest, Gabby Dunn. And thanks to Taluna, who helped us compile our research. If you've been affected by stress and money, you can check out Rethink's Mental Health and Money Advice Service. If you go onto the Rethink website, they've got some really handy stuff. Mentally Yours is a podcast from Metro.co.uk. Our producer is Sam Bonham, and we'll see you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 